You are listening to episode number 16 of the Mind Body Academy podcast with Sarah Rose. This isn't an NBA. This is the NBA. This is the place for you to get coached and make health and happiness the business of how you get ahead in life. You get coached. Coached. This is the startup of you. You get coached. And now, your coach, Sarah Rose. Hey there. How are you feeling today? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling a little meh or a little down? How you're feeling has everything to do with your headspace and not what's actually going on in the world around you. It has to do with the way that you're looking at what's going on in your life. I like to think of our thoughts like a sliding glass door. Most of us collide with our thoughts all the time, and we blame what's on the other side of the door instead of seeing the door. (laughs) My point being that our outlook is optional. It's a choice. I know it doesn't often appear that way to us, but when we learn how to step back and pull back those thoughts, what we get to experience is our life beyond the struggle and the striving and the efforting And that's probably one of the most important things we can teach ourselves, you know, to really recognize how we bump into negative emotion all day long and how we experience emotion in the body. And it can feel like pain. That emotional hurt is felt as a physical pain. So it feels real that the pain is coming from the outside, from outside of us. We feel it in the body. So just to catch ourselves, starting to think of emotional pain as a window pain. A bad day is never made by the day. A day is just a day until we have a thought about it. And if you ask me, it's a good day to have a good day. (laughs) Are you with me? Woo! (laughs) Okay, so today... What we're going to dive into is this idea that you are what you eat. Is there validity to that expression? I'm pretty sure the first time I heard the expression was as a kiddo. At the time, my younger brother was obsessed with this cereal brand called Mini Wheats. Basically, it's like these little wheat squares. And on one side, it's always sugar-coated. So anyway, my dad got into the habit of telling my brother that if he kept eating them all the time so often, one day he would wake up and one side of his body would be completely frosted and sugar-coated like the cereal. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Just go back to the last thing that you ate yesterday. Imagine you got up today and pulled back the sheets this morning and discovered that you had become that. By God. What have I done to myself? (laughs) Of all the foods, I chose a sack of potato chips. (laughs) Devastating, I know. (laughs) It's a funny visualization exercise, and I think it's actually really useful. 
the crowbar of humor gives us leverage to kind of peer into the truth without freaking out. Because the truth can be like Pandora's box. And when we take a look at the truth of how we've been eating, it can bring up a lot of emotions. I remember being at this workshop where this woman asked, if I went over to your house and went through your recycling, what would I find out about you and how you eat and how you consume? And I was like, oh. (laughs) So if we just... Take the expression literally, you are what you eat, and take all the things you ate yesterday. Who are you? Or what are you? We tend to think that food just kind of passes through us. We don't really pay much attention to what happens when the food goes inside the body. And so I'll often have clients say to me, I ate this thing or that thing, but I'll just go work it off. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, no, (laughs) you can work off the calories, but if you ate cheesecake, you're going to be made of cheesecake. (laughs) We forget that our bodies use the food that we eat, not just as energy, but as the building blocks of health. All those micronutrients and macronutrients go into creating your cells, your muscles, your fat tissues. So what we eat ends up creating us on a biological level. There's this term I picked up that Native Americans came up with to describe the impact of the highly processed standard American diet being imported into many of their communities on reserves. They call it commod-bod, commodity body. The commodification of food and the commodification of our bodies is all rooted in a hyper-consumeristic mentality. And the result is this emptiness. Empty calories, nutrient-deficient foods, deficit relationships with ourselves, a sense of never enough. We're dissociated with how our food gets produced and what is in our produce. So how did we get here? Why don't we know how to feed ourselves? You have to understand that we're in a culture of convenience. We don't know how to cook and prepare food anymore for the most part. And it's this perception of cooking and food prep being expensive, time-consuming, and complicated that we've bought into. So it's important that we recognize that, that it's our perception If we aren't restoring that sense of ownership over how we eat, it's primarily because we think we can't. We think we don't have time. We think we don't know how. We think it would be complicated. So we aren't looking for sustainability. We're looking for convenience. And fast and easy is at the root of immediate gratification that leads as to exchange long-term well-being for short-term pleasure. When we know what we're eating and what goes into preparing it, we nourish a sense of connection to the food that we're eating. Food isn't just a commodity. It's an experience. It's a sensory experience, and it offers us an experience of ourselves. Is that experience fun? 
(laughs) Is that experience interesting? Do you love it? Today, we have a lot of information about our food in terms of nutrients that are in that food. Most things have an ingredient list other than the foods that are themselves ingredients, (laughs) which we really should be eating a lot more of. Right, And as trainer Luke Milton, who runs Training Mate out in LA, says, if it's had a life, then it's probably good for you. But what people are not so familiar with are the specific health effects of different foods. Because here's the thing, food doesn't just contain calories, it contains coded instructions that programs your body with messages of health or illness. People are so used to following diets that they're focused on seeing whether a specific diet will work for them instead of getting more granular and really developing an understanding around what specific foods do and whether those foods work specifically for their bodies. Some foods may have lots of known health benefits, but may be less helpful and beneficial to you. That's where we need to slow ourselves down and really start paying attention to not just what we take out of our diets, but also, just as importantly, to what we add in. Does this food feel good in my body? Before, during, and after a meal? Is it healthy by my standards? It's trying things and getting those experiences that allow us to know not only what's good for us, but who we are. Our relationship with food is an exact microcosm of the relationship we have to our lives. Our health, our communities, and our climate are connected to us through food. And everything we believe is revealed in how, when, and what we eat. I like to say, tell me how you eat, and I will tell you who you are. When we examine our relationship to food, we can begin to understand what we are giving to ourselves and what we are withholding. What are we holding back? Because in a fundamental way, the way we eat is really how we speak to ourselves. Am I in vivid, nourishing relationship with myself? Or is my way of eating full of judgment and guilt and deprivation? Or maybe overindulgence, which is also another form of disconnection from the self? Which really comes down to asking yourself, are you speaking to yourself through food in a way that is loving, aware, respectful, and kind? I borrow the acronym LARC here from Aubrey Marcus, and it stands for loving, aware, respectful, and kind. I really want to emphasize kindness here because I think that kindness is what allows you to discover a way of eating that's not rooted in trying to make yourself more acceptable to yourself. You're not pushing yourself so much into the radical truth of where you are that it becomes judgment and self-blame where you're trying to change yourself by rejecting yourself. Instead, when we cultivate ownership of the way we eat 
and acceptance of ourselves. That is what allow us only then to have the freedom to change. And it may feel a little pie in the sky, (laughs) but it really is the secret. Freedom has two wings, mindfulness and compassion. It takes both to create a moment of lift where we're able to rise above our present circumstances, whatever's going on in our lives. We need the awareness to know what's not working and the compassion to change what is changeable. One without the other doesn't create change in a way that's lasting and meaningful and transformative. That's why I find it helpful to have that visual of a lark, which is a type of bird, to remind ourselves of the perspective shift we get and that we live into from the space of love, awareness, respect, and kindness. You don't have to change the shape of the bird to fit it inside the sky. You have to change how it approaches the sky, how you orient towards the sky. So what I'm getting at is that you don't have to change your body to fit it inside your life. You have to change your approach to your life to bring your body someplace new. It's the journey that changes you. It's your relationship to your life, to the sky, to the openness and possibility that's available to you when you ground into a sense of mindfulness and find lift through compassion. So it's like getting real and then opening through the imagination of what's possible for you. If you let yourself love you, then you will transform the container. You will transform your body. That's the pathway to freedom. If you can look at it this way, there's actually no reason to be hard on yourself. You can want what you want, without making it mean something about the way that you are now. Author Janine Roth says, be unspeakably kind to yourself and to that which turns to food. We eat because of our physical hunger in our bodies and also because of a thought-feeling combination in our mind. When we overeat, it's always because of a thought in your mind. So we need to learn how to turn towards ourselves with kindness and compassion to be able to witness the effect of our thinking on our lives. If not, we go completely unconscious because it becomes unbearable to witness the truth. So we're always turning away. We're always avoiding. When you're eating in a way that's kind, maybe you're not doing the thing that's so super challenging that you're ready to give up on yourself the first chance you get. When you steady yourself with mindfulness and compassion in your approach, you can actually get your feet off the ground and keep yourself from spiraling once you get some momentum going. You get out of your mind and into your body. You land in your body. When you're eating anything, 
you're doing the eating from inside your body. So you're feeding the body. And you want to make sure that you're not feeding the emotional body instead, which is external to the body. It's lived in the body, but it's vibration experienced from the mind into the body. Right? And that cultivates gratitude for having a body. Without your body, you wouldn't have your life. And when you're living in your body, you get to show up on earth while you're still here. I hope you can really take that in. If you're in your body, you don't get to miss your life. You get to be here for it. And if you're eating when you're not physically hungry, you're not doing that. And if you're eating in a way where you're rejecting all your body signals and you're depriving yourself of food when your body needs nourishment and care, you're not doing that. So are you aware of the intentions you have for yourself around food and the boundaries you have for yourself? Boundaries rooted in care and connection and compassion. The more you move those boundaries around and set fuzzy intentions, the less trustworthy you're going to be with yourself. And every time you break that trust, you're going to experience a sense of disconnect. And it's not just psychological, it's physiological. You know that sinking feeling in your body when you let yourself down? When you kind of come back into awareness after eating something that you really wish you hadn't? It's physical, right? Most of us feel a gap between our lives and what we want our lives to be because we're not living our lives in our bodies. And that's really where we experience our lives from. Eating is how we affirm to ourselves what we believe about ourselves and the world we live in, right? You see the kind of food preferences that we have, our customs around eating, what we choose to add in or take out of our diets, and that really speaks to whole belief systems. And then eating is also how we establish that relationship between the voice in our heads and our bodies. So, There's culture to mind, and then there's mind to body. Am I hungry? No. Okay, so then what is it that I'm wanting? If I loved myself, what decision would I make here? When you learn to pay attention in this way, you know how to give yourself what you're wanting. Not from the outside, through food, but from within you, through the heart. That's the level of connection you can establish with yourself when you examine your relationship to food. And it is a relationship, so it does take time to establish. But if you give yourself that time, I believe you are also giving yourself a fuller experience of life instead of a life full of filler. So... That's what I have for you this week. 
It's a lot to take in, so let it digest, and I'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks for being an awesome listener of the podcast. Your health is your number one wealth asset, and your body is the vehicle for you to make that contribution you want to make to the world. Step into a vision of success that includes health and happiness by joining my one-on-one coaching program where you'll work directly with me in Think Yourself Slim to do just that. Or be part of the conversation in the Genius Body community over on Facebook. Let's start a transformation today.